Hello and welcome to episode number 272 of the Pen Addict Podcast. I am your host this week, Brad Dowdy. I am the Pen Addict and my partner's on vacation. So I had to find a fill-in guest this week and I took a little trip to the San Francisco. Wait, wait a second, Brad Dowdy. <laughs> the John Wayne of the pen world, the angriest man. Let me fill my Apple Eye pencil up with some Fugaki from a car. Mike, is that you? No, actually, it's not. I just I could not resist. <laughs> so who who is this on the other line? If it's not Mike, who who is this person? It's your San Francisco pen roommate, Joey Feldman. <laughs> Mr. Joey Feldman. Thanks for coming on this week, buddy. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so when I go on vacation from this show, I don't know if you've noticed, you may or may not listen to this podcast, you know, I, I know how you are. Um, when I go on vacation, I take my microphone and, you know, I make sure to fit in the recording on the schedule. And Mike is on vacation this week after a long uh, adventure in the U.S. And he's just like, I'm not recording, I'm on vacation. So, I, you know, I, I really appreciate you filling in. If you listen to the show, you know where his priorities are at. So I, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so I, I couldn't think of a, a better fill-in guess. I actually, you know, it took me a while, and then it hit me like a bolt of lightning. Well, I'm going to be staying with Joey this past weekend at the San Francisco Pen Show. You and I were, were roomies for a couple of nights at the hotel. And I thought, well, this is my perfect opportunity to, like, just pimp you in and not allow you to get away from doing it. So I appreciate you you taking the time this morning. Uh, no, I love the podcast, and I appreciate you having me on. So very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So what we're going to do today, we're gonna we're actually going to talk a lot about the San Francisco Pen Show because I want to get some feedback from your perspective. And then uh, we're also going to talk about – you know, your artwork, you know, what you're up to these days, because, you know, I, I consider you a friend, but I'm also a fan of your work. And, uh, you know, I love it very, very much. So I want to talk about that. But what I'm really interested in right out the gate, and maybe our listeners are too, is how did you get into this fountain pen community to begin with? Because you've been an artist for quite a while, right? And then all of a sudden, just like a few years ago, you're like knee deep into fountain pens and now you're just like super active in the fountain pen community. How did that fountain pen love begin for you? Well, I like to think of myself as a very passionate person. Like, and when I get into something, I like to do it right. Like, I just like to go all across the board. You know, there's no half mm -hmm. measures, if you know what I mean. So I, uh, you know, I've always been attracted to fountain pens. I've had fountain pens over the years, but I never really got into the community or anything like that. And then, you know, online and social media and stuff changes everything. And, uh, you know, I started buying more and more stuff. I've always used like dip pens for my artwork. You know, I, I use mm -hmm. uh, old style dip pens and, you know, and nibs and stuff like that. And I would carry a fountain pen around with me, but nothing, you know, too fancy or whatever. And, uh, you know, as I started getting into it, <clears throat> I, uh, I went on the chat, I found your podcast and then I found mm -hmm. the chat and I had this pen that I wasn't happy with, which is a pattern of mine. I buy something and I <laughs> within like three days and, uh, somebody had said, why don't you join up on the pen addict slack? And I got on there and, and I met a bunch of people on there and they really just started steering me in the right way of how to spend my money and a lot of it, you know, so <laughs> it, it just sort of took off from there and, and listening to the podcast, you know, each week and, and just, you know, finding out stuff that I never knew existed. So and 
you know, that was how that started. So before you got into this community, what kind of fountain pens were, were you using fountain pens at all? Like you, you mentioned you were using dip pens and inks. Were you like even into fountain pens whatsoever? I've had a couple over the years that were fountain pens that like probably the pen community wouldn't consider like the Rotring art pen. Sure. Uh, I mean, you no, could that's use a good, that's a cool, yeah, that's they, a cool pen. They make it for calligraphy, but I would draw with those. You know, that would have a converter. Um, I've had a couple Lammies over the years, some Pilot uh, Falcons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. I never went. You know, I was always intrigued by like the Mont Blancs and and all that, but I never mm-hmm. got into it because I thought it would just mostly be for writing. So you talked about how once you get into something, you know, you kind of have that deep dive, like right out the gate. How, how deep did you go once you kind of found like this, <laughs> this family online of, of pen addicts? How, uh, how quick did that escalate? It went so quick that I was, I was waiting for like <laughs> intervention that show to show up. Cause <laughs> I mean, there was like a week where I bought like six Franklin Christophs, um, you know, it just starts. It doesn't stop. And then, you know, you think you like something else, you try it. And then the ink thing, the ink things, like I've always been obsessed with ink, so that's not a problem. But, you know, the pens, mm-hmm. it's like one person mentions one thing. And then, you know, you're in the middle of the day, I, I get like a thought. And, you know, the thought is, well, if the pen was a little bit longer, but it was a bigger nib. <laughs> so then you go on Slack and you put that out there mm-hmm. and somebody like Tony who I think is on Slack 24-7, <laughs> will answer. And and you just go and you just buy something else. It, it's, it, it doesn't stop, man. It just doesn't stop. <laughs> so why, how did you decide or what was the feel like when you – when you started putting these fountain pens to paper, why did that become like kind of a, I know it's not your primary medium you work in, but how did you, why is a fountain pen, you know, good for the type of art that you produce? Why did you, why did that really click with you? Well, what had happened was originally I was, I started journaling, um, you know, Guillermo del Toro, the director. Yeah. He had this book that Hell, came Hellboy. Yeah. Well, he directed Hellboy, but, um, you know, he's done like Pond's Labyrinth, uh, Pacific Rim, yeah. you know, that, that guy, he's cool. So he yeah. had this book that came out and it's all about him, how he, you know, he has these journals that he keeps with them and he uses a, Oh yeah. And, and I was like, just looking at them, they were just so beautiful. And I love, I love cursive handwriting. I love old, old school. I'm not, I just love looking at type and stuff like that. And, and I had ordered some pens, I ordered some fountain pens, but I was actually journaling every morning cause I wanted to feel with a dip pen and I would do like three or four pages, mm-hmm. uh, with a dip pen. And then I said, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to move up to a fountain pen. And, and I started getting them and then I experimented with noodlers, um, you know, went up to pilot and, uh, you know, it took off from there, but I was writing mostly with them. And then I started drawing with them. And then I started looking at some of the artists that I admire and cartoonists. And a lot of them actually used fountain pens besides the dip pens. They, they did a lot mm-hmm. of work with fountain pens. So I started investigating that more. And um, I found a couple that I, that I actually use now in a lot of my work because the technology now that we have waterproof inks that can go in a fountain pen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think, you know, if several years ago, and I could be wrong that there weren't, you know, too many waterproof inks out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you find the output 
was different than like using a brush or using a pencil or using a marker? Was there something, you know, like specific, like I see you've, you, well, I want to, we're going to dig into like some specific art stuff later. Cause I'm very interested in that, but I know like you're very kind of wild and off the cuff and it seems like a fountain pen's a good fit because you can really sling that ink across the page and I watch you do it is that how did that come about is that like something you just kind of latched onto like this is messy and it's it's all like what I want to do no I mean the way that I've always drawn has always just been with ink like I never use Mm -hmm. like a pencil and uh actually um can I tell a really quick story about that guy yeah of course That, that pencil podcast guy um yeah what's his name Andy, Andy Wellfley. Yeah, he's all right. But we had a little confrontation, you know, um, <laughs> at the pen meeting add up. He, uh, you know, he, he said to me just straight up, I, I, I think I might have said hi to him once. I never met him. And he said, hey, one day when you get a chance, I'll, I'll, I'll show you how to use a real art supply. I'll show you how to use a pencil. <laughs> I wasn't asking for it. I walked into it. So I looked at him and I said, hey, man, one day when you're ready for commitment, I'll show you how to use a pen. but uh because i think that's what intrigues me so much about i love black ink on paper but i love the Mm -hmm. mistakes i love the marks it makes and i love the sudden death and the commitment like once you make a line it's there you know Mm -hmm. but if this isn't something new to me like you know the, the one of the artists who i admire the most you know he he uses a fountain pen he throws ink around he works out of his mistakes um you mm-hmm. know so it, it's just like a, a combination of ideas and all but it is probably the writing tool that i feel most comfortable with like outside of the studio when i have to use it for drawing and stuff yeah so when we first met we first met online and we talked for not all that long you know maybe a few months maybe a year and then i, I, swi- I first swiped met, right that's how i met you <laughs> yeah you totally swiped right um you know i i fell in love immediately and we made sure to meet up at the the 2016 la pen show i think that was the first time we met in person right was that your first pen show that was my first pen show yeah and i had, what did you I think had of, intentions what? to go the year before but it was really mm-hmm. weird. It was I think as it happened that show like happens on like Valentine's Day weekend or something. Yep. Yeah, it was difficult it does. to get to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were going to you had to break up with someone to come meet me that weekend, right? Yeah. You know how I roll. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So, what what did you think walking into that atmosphere as really, you know, coming from an artist's perspective into this huge like more of a collector's room? Well, you know, I, I'm a comic book fiend and a nut, and over the years, I, I've definitely had my fair share of going to comic cons and monster mm-hmm. cons and stuff like that. So th- that made me feel at home. Uh, you know, so I, I didn't have a problem going there, and I thought it was really, really cool that there was actually, you know, a show where you could go, and, and other people that were into this pen hobby were, like, really into. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, was, I really dug it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So um, how much trouble did you get spending money at that show? Were you were you able to control yourself or did you go a little bit crazy seeing all that stuff in one place? Uh, at first it was overwhelming because I didn't know where to start, <laughs> you know. But then yeah. I was like, I'm hanging out with you and I keep getting these ideas and then <laughs> – you know, you meet the people who you meet online in person, 
and they're like right there like they'll run over to you like jason or daniel mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. you know like one of them's in my left ear the other's in the right hey man there's a yeah hey come look at this yeah, custom pelican m800 hey at mont blanc 149 over here and it's like okay just show me and you go and you buy it and you take it home you don't like it and then you sell it you know but i, I don't remember what I, I i think i i think i you know that was the year that lisa van ness had those uh, vintage Schaefer's, I forget what they're called, with the stubs. Right. Yep. Legacy 2's. Legacy 2. And I bought like three or four of them off of her. Um, right, because she had a big deal going on on those. They were, like The price was crazy, crazy cheap. I remember we, we must have sold like 20 of those things, because that's when I was working for Lisa yeah. at that show. Yeah. Well, I bought a couple pens, and then like it was like on Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning. She's like, oh, y'all see this? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> she puts it in my hand. I start writing with it. I'm like, I've been looking for the whole pen show for something like this. So, you know, I wind up making a deal with her and I got like three of them or something she had left. And then she had to send me one because she did. She sold a lot of them that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I remember that. And, uh, that, and once people started passing those around, we started getting more customers for that. So it was, it was, it was weird to see that, uh, as a, uh, you know, just like a recurring theme running through the show. It was kind of funny, but uh, I, I'm sure Lisa was very, very happy, happy about that. So what, um, what do you feel about the community as a whole? Like coming from that show, then it's only been, you know, not even two full years, you know, coming up to like San Francisco, which we'll talk about it in a minute. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel getting into immersed to this little subculture we have going on? I mean, I, I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, some of some of the people that I've met have been some of like the most generous, like really well-meaning people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I if I put a tweet out or something and I'm like, hey, I'm interested in trying so-and-so's notebooks. Has anybody tried it? I'm not asking for it. I was just asking for an opinion. I, I'll mm-hmm. get somebody. Like I just got one in the mail the other day. So I'm like, hey, can I have your address? And they send me one. Hey, I got an extra. Why don't I share it with you? Yeah. And what's so – and I try to – pass that along too like if i have a pen that i've paid for and it's just sitting up on you know my shelf that i'm never going to use that i know that that would bring great joy and satisfaction to somebody else it's Mm -hmm. worth it for me you know not not thinking about look i'm not a millionaire or anything like that but it's worth it for me to give away a pen like that because i liked i like when people feel good and i like to give joy to people so I get that, and I think that's like an overwhelming response. I think if you don't give away stuff that you're just hoarding and using, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. telling you to just give everything away and all that stuff. I think it's kind of like right. spiritually selfish in the pen realm, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. No, it totally makes sense. Because anytime I've ever given away a pen or a notebook or something, something always magical comes back like tenfold. Uh, like, you know, I had something right. happen in San Francisco of something I was really bummed about, a pen that I got, and I just wasn't happy with it. And somebody out of the blue made good on it. And, like, I've been writing with it every day since I got back from San Fran. So it's like, mm. you know, little things like that. I, I just, I, I kind of dig that. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite aspect of this. And we've, talk about it all the time and this weekend wasn't just another example in the long list of great examples it's it's the people more than anything in this community just um you know being willing to share and pass on knowledge and help like whenever they can like 
you know, if you ask for help or you have a question, you don't like wait a day or two and someone might jump in. You're usually like inundated with answers or yeah. <laughs> or offers or things like that. So it's it's really cool and it's fun. And you know, honestly, we're lucky to have you as a part of this community because uh, I, I think you bring a different voice. You know, you come at things from a different perspective, certainly than from where I come from. So I'm able to learn a lot from you and just by watching you and hanging around you. Oh, well, I, and uh, sp- spending the night with you, and uh, you know, I, I've uh, but I, I, I'm very glad that we're friends. But yeah, I'm very glad that we're friends too. And uh, you know, I I will say this in all honesty, and this is just my experience. You know, as a whole, it's been awesome. But I have had some experiences, and listen, I, I I'm not saying I'm outspoken or I'm a rebel or whatever, but there's been a couple incidents that I've had that you know, and this is just you know, people or people. That um, sure. like so Saturday night at the pen show, I got inducted into the Black Pen Society. Right. And I hung out with like, you know, the old guys and we were right. talking and they were talking about sort of like what we were just talking about, about sharing and passing stuff mm-hmm. around and all. And uh, they said how important it is, you know, for this new crew of people to come in to really be nice to have mm-hmm. the idea opened from the old people to the new people because, you know, there's technology right. plays a lot in it. There's new pens compared to the vintage, vintage pen crew. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a couple instances. Like, look, I'm not – when it comes to the pen stuff, I can't remember half of the names, especially like the <laughs> Japanese pens. I couldn't tell you the type of nib, the material that it was used. I just know I like to pick up a pen. I like to write or draw with it, and I'm going to come over to you and i say, Brad – I just laid down some cash for this epic, you know, platinum. And you're going to say, oh, the <laughs> and I'm going to say, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, I have been corrected a couple times, like where and I'm mm-hmm. a, a super sensitive, like only child, like artist, Jewish kid. So, like, if you say two words, like I'm going to like freak, you know, I've had people like correct me you know this is not what it is and and i'm sure they meant well but like I, right. that type of stuff i don't care about but i do and i think you know just with all communities you just have to be mindful of not necessarily what you say but how you say it yeah yeah and i thought it was cool when you came back and told me that you just been out there hanging out with those guys and the black pen society guys and you know they're uh their grand poobah, Paul Arano, helped out with the pen dash event we had, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think that's great. It's really important uh, for myself and for them to help bring, like, all these groups of people together um, because what we do is just fun, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, blast, really man. fun. It's a blast. So um, so let's let's talk about that this event we just had this week in the San Francisco pen show as a whole. But first... I want to talk about our good friends at Pen Chalet. Um, Ron Manwaring, you know, our great sponsor of Pen Chalet, was at San Francisco this weekend, and I got to meet him. This, I actually met him at the 2016 LA show when I met you. That was the first time I met Ron, and this was the next time I saw him was at this show. So uh, Pen Chalet is a great sponsor of ours. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, so much more. They have all your favorite brands like Monteverde, Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Kaveco, and of course are an authorized dealer of all those brands. 
They're fast and reliable customer service. Specials and discounts are always available at least twice a month, including closeout specials every two weeks. They're adding new styles of pens every month. And as well as all the brands I already mentioned, Pen Chalet sells limited edition pens and all the accessories you ever need, like carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain pens, converters, and so much more. You get free shipping on orders over $50 in the U.S., and they also ship internationally with very reasonable rates. Pinchelle has low prices on high quality pens and offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So this is fresh off the press, Joey. I just got this week's pen addict deal while we are recording. So what I usually do is I log into pinchelle.com while Mike is reading the ad and I go see what the deal is. He doesn't tell me ahead of time. So this week I'm going to go log in. It's apparently there right now. And uh, let's see if I can bring that up real quick. <clears throat> So you head over to Pinch LA, you type Pin Addict, hit the radio podcast button, type Pin Addict as I do this into the field. And this week we have the Aurora Kappa on special. It's Aurora Kappa Rollerball and the Fountain Pen. This is not one I've used yet from Aurora, but I've seen it. I like the shape and the style and the design of this barrel. And Aurora's, um, you know, quality is phenomenal and this is one of their entry-level pens so the pen is 30 percent off this week plus an extra 10 percent off if you use the code pen addict at checkout so head over to pen chalet they have great pens at great great prices including a great deal this week on the aurora kappa fountain pen thanks so much to pen chalet for sponsoring relay fm and the pen addict all right, Joey. So what made you come to San Francisco this year? You know, you're down in L.A. You know, I've met you a couple times there. And uh, you told me, you know, not too long ago, he's like, hey, I think I'm going to come up to San Francisco. What made you make the trip? Well, I was there last oh, year. Were you? That's right. You sure were. That's right. You worked uh, for Van Ness. I get, I get my. Hey, stop drinking your tea. <laughs> I get L.A. and San Francisco mis- mixed up, you know. Big difference. So buddy. Do you, Big difference. you must you must put something in my drink when we're when we're in the room at night. Well, you know, listen. So I was there last year, and mm-hmm. you know I was doing some stuff with Van Ness and you. We were all hanging out, roommates last year, also. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That was over the L.A. Pen Show. I thought that that was a phenomenal upstep. So, so much that this year when it was going on and seeing some of the people that were going from online who I've met in the community, it was like, how could I not go? And I hadn't taken a vacation or anything all year. So this was like my only couple days to get off. And I, and I just was so excited. And, you know, if we're going to get into the show, the people that put that show on, I I really, like, I I applaud them. Like, it was just such a mellow, well-run it was just an awesome time to be there. Like I really felt at home being at that show. Yeah. The way I explain it is that you go there and you don't have to worry about anything, Mm -hmm. right? There's, I don't have to worry about anything except being there Mm -hmm. and talking to people and hanging out and, you know, doing my sales thing for knock and, you know, slinging pin cases, but they make everything else so easy you know, I can focus on those things and focus on the people and the pens and the events because they do it so right. Um, I really appreciate what Ricky and Todd and the whole San Francisco pen posse do and Sid um, for this show. So, yeah, it's from, 
you know, like I'm tied into it from a, a dealer's perspective, but from, you know, a customer's perspective, you kind of notice the same things, right? I, I, yeah. I mean, every, I got there on Friday morning, uh, and the show had been maybe up for about an hour, but every mm -hmm. day the show opened when it was supposed to open, uh, there was everything like uh, from what I saw was uh running on time you know any classes or seminars you wanted to take uh mm -hmm. you know and it was just a general good i didn't i don't think i spoke to anybody that was miserable being there like everybody right it was just a, a, a general feel good feeling and the, the dealers were so easily accessible the the testing stations like if if i was to do a pen show or something that would be my example of how to do one mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree across the board. They do fantastic job. I can't rave about them enough. So from a personal perspective, did you have a, a shopping list? You know, I know kind of how you just like rage buy stuff. You know, I've, I've seen it in action. But did you, were you there? Were you, were you there with a pur purpose or you were just going to go berserk if you found something? Oh, my goodness, Brad. Like I it. uh <laughs> It came fast. Uh, <laughs> the phenomenon of craving came fast. I I didn't have any intentions. There wasn't anything like I came there to get some nib work done by Dan Smith on mm -hmm. my Pelican mm -hmm. M805, which he did an awesome job. I had my favorite Mont Blanc pen, uh, my double B, that I got some nib work done by Mike Masayama. Um, I was on the hunt, believe it or not. And, and I did get, there was a shopping list, but I didn't have anything premeditated. I, the only thing that I was thinking of was getting those pens done. And I wanted to get a few ink samples and, you know, I love gold Lamy nibs for my safaris mm. and, uh, joys. And right. I found a guy, I think his name was Brian. Uh, I, I hooked mm -hmm. up, I got a couple gold, uh, broad nibs. Uh, and then Lisa had got me another medium gold nib. Uh, so that was my plan. And then I started walking around and, uh, I tried a Nakaya Sumi <laughs> desk pen. Yeah. And, you know, I got the glaze over my face. Like I just ate yeah, 20 you... donuts. I came running back to yeah. you. I asked yep. Catherine from Slack. I think I asked Tanya. I said, I just would say you know, desk pen, sue me. And I'd say it was 1,050. And everybody, <laughs> not anybody, nobody blinked an eye and said, whoa, that's kind of steep. They said, oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not too bad, 1,050 for a pen. Yeah. So I, 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 just, I just needed to calm down a little bit because that would have been it for me, you know? Um, right. So then I remember telling you that, and you said, well, psh, why don't you try a platinum? You know, go, go get a mm -hmm. platinum, same nib, you know, supposedly. So somewhere from you telling me that until the time I got to Brian Anderson, platinum had become sailor. And I don't know how that <laughs> happened. But You played the telephone game just in your own head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I went over and, and Brian showed me a sailor pro gear. Um, I think it's the large pro gear with a double yeah. B. And yeah. I tried that, and I like big pens. This was a little bit smaller than I'm used to, but I posted it, and 
Um, he had one inked up and it was just, it wrote beautiful. Like I love a wet, big, thick broad. And, yeah. uh, you, you know, I decided to, to, okay, bought that. And then I brought it back to you and you said, no, I said platinum. So <laughs> and that was like Saturday. I couldn't let it go. So yeah. I was thinking about it all night. So I had to go back and look at the platinums. <laughs> so I went back and look at the platinums. He showed me a, a music nib. Or maybe I have them reversed. Maybe the sailor. With yeah, music. yeah. You got you got the music nib and the sailor because it's. Uh, we were talking about it being a single slit music nib. What sailor does instead of like a traditional double. Exactly. Slit You're music exactly nib. right. You're right. I remember you yeah. saying that. Okay, so so then I went back and I bought a platinum and I got a music nib with this. No double broad. Hold on, I got it right here. This is going to drive me. <laughs> it's the uh, well, well. It's a thirty-seven seventy-six. Yeah. The what's it called? The Shungio. Shungio. Yeah, the red one, the new one. Right. This is the brand new one. And uh, I think it's a double B. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's what you told me because I was surprised. I didn't even know they offered those in double broad in that pen. So once you said that, I was like, oh well, that's perfect for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that you had the pen too, but you had it in that like size that soft I, fine. Yeah, which I don't even know why that exists. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> Um, so I got that and then I, I found that table, um, Don Don and yeah. lay, I was hanging out with them. I'd never met them in person and we were sketching mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. had some, um, you know, some pretty cool, like these notebooks, like these Japanese handmade notebooks, uh, from Musu, Musubi, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Musubi. Mm -hmm. And like. You know, man, I like to, I, I love stationery. I love sketchbooks. I love covers. I love handmade. Like I'm just, I'm just like so romanticized by that whole notion that somebody handmade a book for me that I'm going to use. So we go over mm -hmm. to the table and he's got them out. The gentleman that was representing the company and these, these books are beautiful. And he, you know, he tells the story that they use the, the level three, Tamoe is that I hope I'm saying mm -hmm. it right paper yeah. mm -hmm. and he shows the covers the different fabrics and each fabric feels and looks different and they're hand bound he shows the side of how they're sewn together and then he goes on to say that each book is made by a person in the factory with a disability so they mm -hmm. give people an opportunity to make a book and these books take you know anywhere from eight to ten hours each to make right so at that point, it seems like it's a high price because I think his price point was between like seventy and one hundred and twenty dollars. But right. then you think about all that that goes into it, and you know what? Like, not only is that a fantastic deal for a product of that caliber, but you're helping somebody in the meantime. So I bought uh, three of those. Yep. Left, and I and then I got some folded nibs from nick crazy nick yep yep he has the best folded nibs ever i use them for lettering in a lot of my artwork uh and that was my day i don't think i got anything else the, those masubi notebooks i think were the discovery of the show for a lot of people right i mean you would see them in hands just walking around the show floor in our party you know our event 
at, at night they were strewn across the table you, the patterns and fabric that they used were it was very noticeable you know which notebooks had come from them and yeah they're they're really expensive and you know they just seem like totally worth it though for what they are, the story behind them, the feel of the notebooks. I mean, they're like you said, they're, they're beautiful. I missed out on getting one by the time I went over there Sunday, they had packed up. So I missed out, but I'll have to order one online because I just love seeing them. I love the, the different fabric patterns that they use on the outside and the craftsmanship is great. So th that was one of the highlights of the show. I mean, for everybody me, just seeing that I how saw many people. that came in that I know like Evelyn mm -hmm. and Holly and uh, Eleanor, I brought them, right over to the table and said listen yep th th if you get anything at the show you got to get one like and i'm so happy that lay and and dan don 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 tom mm -hmm. tom um showed me <laughs> these books your buddy yeah my buddy um because they're and also the education behind you know it's like you can walk right. through all these tables and you can look at all these pens and all these books if you don't know the story because i love stories and mythos and, and stuff like that and it was just it was just such an awesome feeling buying those books and and i'm sorry you missed out i actually ordered two more when i got home I, you told me that <laughs> I didn't pay for shipping so i told them to include it so that deal got hooked <laughs> up and i got two more of the books but um they're just so fantastic. I can't wait to start in, in, in my books. Yeah. So, um, and I ordered another one... pen as soon as I got off the plane when I got home too. Uh oh, well, I... wait, you didn't tell me this part. Oh, I, I, I ordered a sailor Riallo oh, with yeah. a zoom nib. You'll, you're going to like that. But you see, this is how it, like you asked me in the beginning when we started out, how does mm -hmm. it like start? I was not into the only <laughs> Japanese pen that I've had a Falcon that I, I yeah. sold. And then I had a couple 823s, which I really, really liked. But for some reason, I don't know, I got one of one of them kind of bugged me one day the wrong way. So I sold them all. Uh, <laughs> so I don't I don't I don't have any Japanese pens, but now I have three. So yeah, that's how it happens. So I forgot to ask this question earlier, but this is the perfect time to ask is ask it. What's the fastest turnaround from purchase to sell of a pen you have ever made? Oh, I'll tell you that was like uh, five minutes. <laughs> Schmevlin on slack. I bought a pilot 823 FA because uh -huh. I wanted the flexible because I was this is when I was obsessed with the 823 and I had to have one in each size and I had to have one customized by Dan and, and all this. So I get the FA. Yeah. I load it up with ink. As I'm on Slack, I try it, and I said, I don't like this. Who wants it? And Spavlin bought it right then. <laughs> and I put it right back in the same box I got it, sent it to her. She got it the next day because she lives in California too. True story. The, that's amazing. I, I, yeah, I totally believe that. That's uh, – yeah, you're one of a kind, Mr. Feldman. That's why I love you so much. <laughs> we'll see how long these uh, sailors and platinums last me. I haven't inked them yet, so we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm interested to see that as well because they are a different style of pen than what you're used to. So you, last year at San Francisco, was the Mont Blanc 149. You know, everything was like Team 149 last year. The big, bulky, and I still heavy have, pen. I still have, uh, I still have five Mont Blancs. Yeah, they're my. So these these new nibs on these Japanese pens are close to those size nibs that you had before but these barrels are very different they're much lighter mm -hmm. um a little bit shorter a little bit you know 
smaller. So I'll be interested to see how you like these going forward, um, you know, as you start working with them more. From what I remember, the nibs sort of like glided right across the paper, and I was like super impressed. Yeah. Like, wow, I can't believe I shot these down because they were so small. But, mm -hmm. you know, the actual pen size. But I'm going to give them a try and check them out. So, yeah, well, and if, if you do end up liking them, then you end up like me. Like, one of the things I purchased that this show was a Sailor King of Pens Green Mosaic. This is like bigger than the 149. Um, I, size now, I sold one of those and I tried it with a broad nib. Mm -hmm. Not. That exact king of pen, um, Brian right? Anderson, but that size. It was that size. I I I did not like the broad that was on there. It might. It was more like mm -hmm. a medium to me. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm interested to see how these. You went with. So what you have coming is a double broad. You have well, you have a double broad. You have a music nib, and you have a zoom. All of those are bigger than the regular Japanese broad nibs, so they might be more up your alley. Yeah. So, so yeah, how do you like cool. that king of pen? Have you inked it up yet? I have just inked it up this morning. I cleaned it just before the show so I could use it for my show notes today. It's wonderful. This is one of those pens that, you know, I saw years ago online, said, wow, that's amazing. And you just can't get one. So I had an opportunity to buy one um, this weekend. And uh, I am currently using, using it, inked it up with Sailor Sky High. So I, I kind of went on your track a little bit. It has a broad nib on it, but you don't pass up an opportunity to buy this pen. Like I bought it for the pen more than the nib, mm -hmm. you know, I'll deal with the nib, you know, if I want to, but I, it has a broad nib in it and it's actually really nice. It's a little bit more stubby than I thought it might be, which is good for me. Mm -hmm. So I bought that. Then I bought a vanishing point, um, a, a limited edition model from bung box in Japan, an orange model called energia. It's really pretty. And then as we were wrapping up Sunday, I wandered a little bit too far away from the table <laughs> instead of packing like I should have been. And I stumbled across an Omos pen called the Mille Milia. It's a steel or aluminum barrel Omos. Um, that's very pretty. I'll have to take some pictures of it. It's kind of got these red, it's got like red, uh, grip section and aluminum barrel and it's just kind of really really neat really really nice looking pen really good feel in the hand so i ended up with that those are the three pens i bought at this show so did you know any stationary or accessories or anything or you just got out easy just just the pens i totally would have bought one of the masubi notebooks um but I didn't, and then I got off light on ink the show. I bought zero ink, which I, even if I don't buy pens, I'll usually end up with two or three bottles of ink. Um, but I had zero this show. I think it's probably because I just gotten some new ink, new ink recently at home. So I felt pretty like happy with my ink situation. So I, I didn't really shop for ink, but I would have bought some paper if, uh, if I'd gotten out earlier and, and had some time, definitely one of those Masubi. So I'll have to reorder that. Um, you know, and I also, I did get a bunch of samples of things, which I'll probably talk about in a future podcast as the product becomes more available. But um, we we did a paper tasting sampler from a, a new company coming out of Japan, Yamamoto. And we'll, we'll talk about that more. I'll tease that right now. But I sent some, I had some pictures on Instagram of that. I did come home with a bunch of samples of that, but I want to spend some time and and play with all the paper and learn about it more before I, before I speak on it. But it was a really good show just from, I mean, I got some pins I'd really wanted. Um, I got one that, 
you know, I stumbled on and never seen before and found it that, hey, it was kind of a really cool fit for me. And then uh, just really got to hang out and and meet people and, uh, you know, talk about this crazy obsession that we have. And that kind of culminated in the, the meetup we had on Saturday night, uh, which I want to talk about. But before we do that, I want to talk about your friend and my friend, those fine folks over at Harry's. So you all know Harry's. They, uh, you know, they were in, they were in our room this weekend, you know, uh, Joey on the, on the sink. I had my, my orange Harry's razor, everything I travel with and my Harry's dop kit, me on my Harry's shave gel. And they're just all about a great shave at a fair price. That's why over 3 million people, including Joey Feldman have switched to Harry's. You're, you're a Harry's customer, right? Yeah. I, I, I love the razor blades. I have a green handle. My nice. uh, fiance has the orange handle. And, nice. Well, uh, I, yeah. you, you picked out a good one. And I got the the uh, the new uh, face cleanser. It's actually re- really nice. Nice. I need to give that a shot. So Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, decided to create this business because they were fed up with overpriced razors. They bought a German factory with over 100 years of blade making experience to ensure the highest quality for their blades, which sell at half the price of the leading five blade razor directly to you over the Internet. All Harry's products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. They're so confident you'll love their blades, they want to give you their trial set for free. You just need to cover shipping. The trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, which is the exact one that I use, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip, strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. $13 of value for you to try out for free. You just have to pay shipping. So stop messing around. Get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer. Just go to harrys.com slash right now and get started. Thanks so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. And thank you for making Joey and I look so dashing. I mean, I mean, just look at you. I mean, wow. I'm very fortunate that you were my roommate this weekend. I know, right? Yeah. So um, I I, sh- I showed you off at the uh, Pen Attic meetup. I kind of roped you into this, you know, not knowing what you were getting into. And, you know, I could see it in your eyes. You're like, oh, my God, that's a lot of people. <laughs> there were a like, lot. What am I going to yeah. do? Well, yeah. when you're, so, when you're used to working for Lisa Van Ness. Nothing surprises mm-hmm. me. That's true. That's true. Um, has your did you have any carpal tunnel results from this weekend? All the work you were doing for Lisa? Uh, no, I'm gonna go get a hand massage today, but uh, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Okay, you were you were drawing and sketching like a madman behind the table. Um, I know. Uh, I know that was a a lot, a lot, that, a lot of work that you did back there. So, I appreciate you taking the time to come to this meetup because we didn't know what was going to happen. So we had this idea when I talked about it on last week's podcast of this pin dash. It was kind of like the speed dating for, you know, pins and stationery. What we wanted to do was have this meetup, have a group of tables and each table would essentially have someone in charge of the table who knew something about something. So we had Paula Rano talking about vintage pins you know, we had Jonathan Brooks and Sean Newton talking about making pens. We had Anna Reinert talking about ink and Leigh Reyes drawing and on and on and on. A huge list of people that helped us out with this. And I, I did put up a thank you post on the blog on Tuesday. And you can go see 
all the participants and our good friend Franz shot a video of some of the event. You can see how it worked. And what we would do is so each table had, you know, maybe eight seats or something like that, eight to ten. And about every 10 or 15 minutes, we'd make the people sitting at that table get up and move to another table to go learn about something else. The hosts would stay at the table and the meetup participants would move to another. And, and so they'd go from vintage pens to pen making and they would get to spend some time with that table host and learn. So the feedback I got was pretty amazing you know it was kind of there were definitely some things we have to work on like the schedule was weird because saturday is the busiest day of the show and the event started at 5 30 which we couldn't control because there were other events that night so we had to go early so not everyone was actually done working or shopping before the meetup was scheduled um, which as a show promoter you kind of don't want people leaving the floor right <laughs> and I felt bad like for vendors I'm like no y'all just stay and work we'll I'll deal with the meetup you need to stay in the room and sell 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 and do all your business don't worry about me so that was a little bit weird then we had it split up in between two rooms but um, I think it worked out overall we got a lot of great feedback what did you kind of think of just not necessarily the specifics or the details, but the vibe of the whole room um, as a whole. Oh, I, I thought it was a fantastic idea. Um, I thought people were really appreciative and grateful that it was happening. Uh, the only complaint that I would say is because it was Saturday night. People were fired up. It was loud. So, yeah, it was loud. And I was at Anna's table, and, you know, and, I, and she's talking about ink, but I couldn't really hear to my and I was kind of like an observer and I was just kind of just sitting and doing my own thing but that was the mm -hmm. only thing that I would say other than that it was like really a great idea it was executed very well it was just a little bit too loud but that could just be me mm -hmm. you know what I mean no yeah it was definitely part of the room size we actually jammed in a bunch of extra tables more than probably capacity allowed which tends to happen a lot at these events we never know how to plan at one point Lisa said, Lisa Van Ness said, we should count how many people are here. And we both got up to like right around a hundred. So I know it was, it was definitely loud and crowded, but mm -hmm. everyone did so well and uh, got a lot of good feedback and we had a lot of uh, good giveaways and it was, it was, it was very fun. So I appreciate everyone who participated in that. And I'll have a link in the show notes to go to the blog post. You can, you can find out who all the participants were and a little bit more about them and uh, go thank them for taking their time away from the show. Um, I know they were exhausted after a long Saturday, but um, it was a big deal for you, Joey, to come and participate and everyone else who participated. I really, really appreciate it. No, it was, it was a, it was a great time. I, I hope it happens again next year. Yeah, and uh, we can definitely uh, take a lot from from what we learned this show and make it even better. So it's perfect. Before I let you go, I didn't want to just talk about fountain pens and these shows. And how about you know, we how... talk about field notes or pencils on Pen Addict <laughs> podcast? I love that. <laughs> Those are your favorite topics. Well, yeah, you don't ever get tired. You 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 always you want to hear about field notes every episode. I just episode, want to right? hear Mike talk about like the latest field notes and how awesome <laughs> it is and how they send them the seventeen thousand of them and how you guys have your black wing pencils and I, I just that's all I want to talk about. Yeah, I, I mean I know you have a field notes tattoo. Yeah, you know across your back. 
Um, so I know you're a, a huge Field Notes fan, and you should come to the Field Notes event we're going to have in October. We'll have more news on that soon. You know, maybe I can I can get you to do oh, the wait, poster wait, hold, for that. Wait, wait, I'm busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dang I can't it. make it. That's un- that's unfortunate. No, that's not, unfortunate. nothing. I'm not knocking the brand or anything like. That. I know. You know, we just we, we like to have fun. We yeah. like to have fun. So I, I I do want to talk about your artwork though because even if I didn't know you and love you, like the style of art that you create is right up my alley. And if you could, can you describe like your artwork as, I don't know if that's even possible or a, even a fair question to ask you, can you describe your style of art? Uh, it's a spontaneous ink line. Um, mm-hmm. I never know what I'm going to do, uh, you know, unless mm-hmm. I have the idea or it's like a commission, but um, it just, it's always been the way that I've drawn and uh, you know, that that's really, it's all about mistakes. It's about including the mistakes. It's mm-hmm. all about spontaneity and, and, and trying to incorporate my feeling at the time mm-hmm. in this drawing or painting that I'm doing. So when I, when I watch you draw or, you know, if you're, you're sketching on the side, not doing anything, you know, just observing, I, I don't as much look at the output as think about what's happening in your head at the time. And that's what I can't grasp. And I think what maybe a lot of people can't grasp how you're prolific you are and how that is possible. Like, have you always been that way? Like when you were a kid, was the stuff just gushing out of your brain or were you like dropped on your head at some point and then it started like, did you always used to be able to do this? Because it's, it's crazy to watch you work because I have a feeling if someone didn't physically stop you, you would not stop. Uh, well, this is a loaded question. I was dropped on my head at a very early age. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, you know, taken notice of that. Um, you know what? I was, I had such a, a hatred for learning in class. Like I hated school, like just with such a passion, mm-hmm. I would always draw like you know, on the inside of the lines of the margin of the, the mead books mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, I failed art. Like I just, I really, you know, like I said, I'm an only child. I had some things happen to me when I was younger that really affected me. And, you know, like a lot mm-hmm. of people in the pen community where uh, we like to isolate and we like to uh, right. introverts, you know, and big time. Yeah. So I've always just picking up materials and, and drawn uh, I had several jobs, like I worked at Tower Records doing store displays, um, but and, and I've had jobs over the years, but I'm really not good at anything else <laughs> except draw. Like, there's no plan B for me. Like, you're mm-hmm. not going to see me working right. anywhere else. And the other thing is, is an emotional part about it is, is like I walk around, you know, and I observe and I feel things a lot. Like, I, I kind of think like you know, my, my, like my skin has no skin and I pick up people's feelings Mm. like Bruce Willis and unbreakable. Like, I I feel really like that. So I, I, when I draw, it kind of gets it out on the paper and whether it's a monster or it's, you know, it's just some kind of, you know, obscure thing. There's some type of emotion that I'm trying to get out of me to put on paper. And yeah, you're right. If, if I had the chance to just sit around and draw, 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 that's all I would do all day. Yeah, yeah, like, and I, I've watched it in action, and I see 
the look in your eyes and I see the output on the page and like, I can, like, I can see it and I can see the emotions and just knowing you, like you and I like to have, you know, a fun and good time, but I know how serious and like emotional you are and, and dedicated to, to honing your craft. It's like, it's, it's very, very impressive to me. And I'm like, I'm lucky to be around you. I feel like it's, you're, you're infectious in, in the way you go about things. Wow. Like that's very kind of you to say that. Um, you know, yeah. if I don't draw, Brad, I get very mm-hmm. depressed. Like, there's a couple things that I need mm-hmm. to do each day. Like, first of all, is to have a daily routine that I keep, you know, and you, like I meditate twice a day for my head to keep my head down. But like, if I get mm-hmm. up and like I journal, I do a couple pages of just mindless stuff and then a gratitude list, and and then mm-hmm. I draw. Like, I, I've I've filled up a couple pages in my sketchbook today of stuff. I don't even know what it is. It's just doodles. Right. But if I don't do that, for some reason, I don't feel like I have a purpose, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. no yeah. one may ever see, for all the stuff that gets posted on social media, there's probably 10 to 15 more that never make it on there. You know, that like as we're sitting here, I just filled up a few pages of uh, notebook cards and you know, right. I have to do it. It's something like I have to do. And, you know, you could ask my fiance or anybody that's been around me for a while when I'm not being creative in some capacity, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm kind of like Mike, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. He's miserable all the time. All the it's time. kind of insufferable. Jeez. He's British. So what are, what are some of the favorite projects you've worked on? Like in the past year or two, Does anything really stand out? Uh, well, a year ago, a couple of days ago, I, I did a, a poster for Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field. Like they, they had a big concert there, right? Yeah, or yeah. a series of concerts. Yeah, they had a couple concerts. I think it was two nights and it was the end of the tour and five artists got to do posters and I did one of them. And uh, it was, it was, I mean, it was a true honor because this is a band that's been around for such a long time. And, you know, mm-hmm. you talk about a community of of you know, fans and, and people like I, I just, the, the people that I met for, just from doing that paper, it's been life changing, life changing. Mm, and, yeah. and I got some projects out of that. That was really fun to do. Um, I have a couple things coming up. I really can't talk about. Uh, yeah. I've seen pictures and I'm jacked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I've shown you a couple things. Uh, Joey knows me well enough to know what to show me and to get me hyped. And he did it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I trust you. I, I'm excited about that. Um, but I also last week, I actually signed a contract to do a children's book. Oh, and cool. I'm super excited to do that. Cause that's been a dream of mine and the story was right. And, uh, you know, that that's going to go, uh, that's going to happen soon. So I'm going to start working on that. Um, so that's very exciting. And, and, you know, I have this private, not private, but there's a Joey Feldman collectors group on Facebook that has just been, mm-hmm. you know, blowing up. Um, and it's, it's unbelievable. Like, you know, when people like your work, it's like, I, I still don't believe it. Sometimes it's, it's beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, but I also yeah. hooked up, I have to mention a uh, bottleneck gallery out of New York. Uh, I have a piece coming out from them next week. Uh, we kind of teased it a little bit, but you know, working with them has just been phenomenal because they are like pretty big in this pop culture world. And mm-hmm. the fact that Joe, who's the owner believes in me and he's invited me into that realm and decided to represent me with works is just, again, you know, it, it's, it goes on my gratitude list every day. 
Yeah. I was excited to hear that, um, you know, in San Francisco this week when you were telling me all this and just to see the, the growth that you've had just over the past couple of years, not just professionally, but personally as well. It's, uh, it's, it's very impressive. And I, like I said, I'm lucky to consider you a friend and, uh, to, have you, you know, come and share, you know, what you're up to on this show. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. I, listen, I appreciate you having me on. I, I love the podcast. You know, I, I missed a couple months. I was in a little bit of a pen slump, but I needed to do mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, a couple months ago. And then I got to San Francisco. Sure. Uh, you know, we all go through that. You know, you there's only yep. so much you can buy or see that you just got to take a break. And, but I've, it's always been such a, you know, educational source for me to just listen to you guys in the car, you know, and, and it, it's just, it's good community and, and it's, and it's a podcast that's done well, right. It's done, uh, well. So I, I, you know, the fact that I'm on it, it's like, I, I figure myself I'm on here. I went from, cause we didn't know each other. And then I got to know, you know, I, I feel like I went mm. from the mailroom to being one of the vice presidents now. <laughs> of the company, you know, cause I'm on the, I'm the one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, buddy. Well, I will let you get back to drawing. Why don't you real quick, can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Where do you want to send people to? Uh, well, you can always go to my website, uh, com. That's got links to my store. When we, I release prints, uh, the Joey Feldman collectors group and Facebook, uh, you have to send in a, a request for that. And then also Instagram, Joey Feldman underscore artist. And uh, that's where I post pens and sketches and stuff. M- more on there than probably anything else. But if you want to get in on all the print drops, it's the collectors group on Facebook. Awesome. And I'm Brad Dowdy. I write at penaddict.com. You can find me on Twitter at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, and on Instagram at penaddict. And this was another wonderful episode. Mike slacked out on us, but we always end up better when he's away. So thanks. Oh, uh, well, I guess I say one thing real quick. Man. Yeah. I feel Get like, it. you know, listen, Brad, you know, I love you and I'm grateful for being on here, but I feel like I'm just on the addict podcast because like you're the pen <laughs> and Mike is not here. You know, he's like gallivating around on vacation. I know, so I, I, know. I think that you should have me back with Mike. So, so him and I could talk a little, you know what I mean? Oh, I will just sit back and cackle the entire time. So we will have to set that up next time we, uh, we, we get him on. Maybe we can get him uh, to world tour over to the West Coast sometime and we can set up a live show with the three of us. That would be amazing. Do you think he can handle the West Coast? I'm not sure if he could. I mean, he thinks he's got a hip with that beard and all, but I don't know. I know. You know? I know. He might can handle it. He might can handle yeah. it. We'll, we'll give him a shot at least. Okay. All right, bud. Well, I appreciate you, and we will talk again soon. All right, man. Have a great day.